available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods, Bruno Port Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. One day after Pac-12 Media Day, or I guess two days after Pac-12 Media Day, we're going to record a show in person. We've got a special guest in studio. Maybe we'll have her jump on a little bit or whatever, but Keely York's here. She's like shaking her head. Why are you even talking about me? But You literally just turned her mic off. I did. <laughs> we could turn it back on if we needed to. Like you know, If, if I say something dumb, she was there at Pac-12 Media Day, too, so she could correct me. If she, you know, we'll have her raise her hand if there's something going on. But you know, they recorded a podcast before this, David. So the the mic should be all warmed up. We don't have to. Yeah, warm no, them up. we. I feel warmed up. I feel ready to go. I'm raring to go. I'm raring to go too. And I want to let everyone know how to get a hold of us. If you want to email us, we got a bunch of emails. Uh, David to read packed off podcast at gmail.com is the email address. A couple of voicemails too. If you want to call us and leave us a voicemail or send us a text, it's the same number four two four five three two. 0678. You can tweet us at Pac 12 Podcast. I did a lot of tweeting over there on Tuesday, uh, Pac 12 Media Day. The website is pac12podcast.com where you can find all the old episodes. And if you want to discuss all this stuff with fellow Pac 12 fans, reddit.com slash r slash podcast of champions. But more importantly, go over to Apple Podcasting app, your Apple Podcasting app, follow the Podcast of Champions, rate us with five stars. Write whatever you want about us, talk trash, whatever you want, but just give us that five-star rating. We will love it. And there's going to be a reward, David, for some good reviews here coming up. I don't know if we have any today, but we got some rewards. Well, we've got three to choose from. Ooh. So, okay. Tell you what. All right. I'm going to... Number one. Well, when we, before we do this, so we got our friends over at Jockey, mm-hmm. our buddy Tom, been great to us, send us, send love us stuff. Love Jockey. I'm wearing a Jockey polo right now. I, I wore one... Uh, I'll tell you when I met, uh, got to meet the uh, conference commissioner George Klyovkov, uh Kalashnikov. Uh, Kalashnikov. Uh, hold on, we got the. Uh, I got this somewhere. Kalashnikov. Um, so got to meet him during his tour. We'll, we'll get all that later. But I was wearing my jockey Pac-12 uh, polo for that one. But they've they're really nice, and they provided us with a whole bunch of gift cards. Um, not. $100 gift cards. These are jockey. good gift cards. These are good, good gift cards. Of the three reviews we got, what our favorite's going to get $100 gift cards. There we go. Awesome. This is incentivizing you to leave reviews over the next Five uh, stars, few weeks. Five stars, yes. All right. So uh, first up, we have this from Marl, five-star review. Subject line, smoking, steaming, piles of poo. <laughs> and then the, uh, subject, or then the uh, body is five stars. Oh. I like it. It's short, succinct, exactly what we asked for. True. Uh, Rotness, another five-star review. Uh, subject line, huge staff rim job. Holy shit, Ryan. And this is a reference to our last episode where you 
referred to uh, one program having a huge staff <laughs> and then attempted to say rim shot, but instead said rim job. <laughs> so also, I like that. It's referential. Uh, this is from USC Nick. It's a five-star review. Love the pod. The Pac-12 doesn't get enough attention, so I love this podcast. Being a USC fan who lives in Virginia, it's nice to get my Pac-12 news on my own schedule. I have one question that I think plays a big part on the Pac-12's future with Armageddon... Er. I mean, conference realignment on the forefront of all of our minds. The Pac-12 needs a new TV deal. I believe that this is the reason Klyavkov was hired, which is to negotiate a killer TV deal. With all this said, do you think if a great TV deal is negotiated, that keeps the Pac-12 safe from being chipped away at? My gut says we are not headed to four power conference uh, power conferences nationwide. My get, gut says we are headed to four power conferences nationwide. Excuse me. North, south, east, and west, 16 teams each. Top three teams in each region get invited to the CFB playoff. Is it really just as simple as the Pac-12 getting a great TV deal that keeps them safe for years to come? Thanks. Oh, thanks for that one. Um, I mean, the 16-team the thing, let's do that real quick. Sure. Um, I think it would be great, but you would need a governing body. Like basically the SEC went to 16 and they're just grabbing, like if you were going to do four 16 teams, you'd have to be like, okay, well, uh, SEC, you can't have Texas and Oklahoma. We're going to put those in the Midwest one or whatever it is. Like no one's going to do that. So I, I, I have a hard time picturing that happening. None of, this no evenly, none of this evenly divided stuff works without a um, centralized body that's right. actually organizing the sport and distributing revenue evenly. Um, so I, I don't see it as likely. I think what you're going to see, well, we'll talk about this a lot more later, I'm sure, but I yes. think you're going to see two poles emerge, the SEC and the Big Ten, and uh, teams slowly or quickly starting to move those two ways. Um, I, yeah, I think I'd say the one good thing about the Pac-12 is you it's becoming a regionalized sport it is and you can't lose the west coast you've already lost the northeast you know the biggest media market you can't lose the west coast so i feel like there's going to be some strength there it could i mean is it a acc partnership where it's a bi-coastal kind of thing i don't think you can neglect the west coast so i feel like you know, when you're talking about where the West Coast is situated, the late games and stuff, sometimes that's a disadvantage. But in this case, you have a lockdown and you can't lose those two time zones, you know, yeah. and I feel like that's that's a positive. But it's sort of like, you know, what's like one of the, the best defenses of, of Moscow, you know, in Russia? It's like Napoleon had a hard time. It's like it's just hard to get to, you know, and the Pac-12 is kind of hard to get to sometimes. So even if someone wanted to poach USC and Oregon and stuff, it's. It's pretty far away. You know, Napoleon didn't have a really good time with that. Hitler had a hard time. Maybe the geographic, you know, disadvantages, maybe work to the Pac-12's advantage as, as a defense mechanism of getting poached and, and kind of losing its luster as a conference. Yeah, the question is just the, the increased marginalization. But we'll get into that, I'm sure, a lot more later when we talk about Pac-12 media days. Uh, Which so one do you like? I probably, um, I'm torn between steaming piles of poo and huge staff rim job. The problem with USC's Nick, I love. It's a five-star review. I love it. You had a hard time reading it. So two, was... two things. One, the length. <laughs> yes. Two, this is not the time for questions. We get to questions later in the show. True. So it's a couple of dings right there. I think the the, the huge staff, you want to go there? I think, I think huge staff room job. Yeah. All right. So Rotness, um, please email us with your... Um, address. Address. Yes. We'll put this in the mail for you. Yes. And you will get a $100 gift card to Jockey. There you go. Tom, uh, Tom Hecker, our buddy over there. Thank you, Tom, for for those. And uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right. Whew. So, Pac-12 Media Day. 
Uh, I was we there. We just gave away the first Rocky gift card to huge staff rim job. <laughs> I think that's perfect. I think it's beautiful. I think it's exactly uh, what this show is. I can't wait. We'll let you know. Dave and I each have a gift card, too. We're going to you know go online, shop, and uh, get some stuff. We'll let you know uh, what we get and what we like. Um, but it was a – I thought – you know, it was a good day just to be back with people, um, seeing the national media people, seeing the beat writers. You know, hey, there's Chris Cartman or, uh, you know, hey, there's Tracy Pearson. I haven't seen Tracy for a while. You know, you, it's like you, your holiday. You get you to love see this. these people. Uh, Kim Grenolds from Washington. You got to eat some free brownie brookies things. Brookies were pretty good. Not as good as other people were saying, but I think they're really good. But they're like. They're a little crumbly for well, me. Well, you are well. a real uh, sweets aficionado. I know. I know my sweets. Yeah. Um, my cookie. They're good. Like cookie on top of a brownie. It's a, like looks like a cupcake. Who can go wrong, right? I mean, you know cookie on top of a brownie looks like a cupcake. Like, yeah. Okay. I get you. You also need a little bit of ice cream. Maybe sm- sandwich it between some stuff. Mm. That's what we're really talking about. I should have brought. I got an extra one. I should have brought it for you. The brookie. <sighs> but Maybe. you didn't. You just ate it, right? No. I still. I actually have yeah, one or two at the house. So I'll, uh, I'll give you one. Uh, but overall, I thought it was well done. They moved it to the W uh, right across from the Pantages Theater. So you can see like the Hamilton signs and all that stuff. Um, and, you, you know, you feel bad for George Klyovkov. He takes over and 30 minutes before he's about to give his speech, which, you know, he's nervous. He's speaking to all these, you know, all the media. All the, This is his first like, you know, here's he's the face of the conference. And this is his first chance to be out in front of everyone and talk to them. And we find out that Texas and Oklahoma are, you know, officially are asking to join the SEC. So all anyone was going to talk about is conference realignment. You know, he, uh, yeah, he had to change a lot of stuff on the fly, I'm sure. So, uh, but, you know, I I thought he did a a, a nice job there. Um, He was up with Rob Mullins and uh, Merton Hanks uh, talking about stuff. The only thing that, that Merton Hanks said that it was a misnomer that the Pac-12 officiating was bad. So that was the only like clunker I thought that they did. For the most part, though, they addressed a lot of the things that Larry Scott wouldn't address. So I like that. And then, you know, going through all the coaches and, and the players. It, you know, I thought it was it was well done. And, uh, you know, overall, I liked what they had to say. Start off the day talking about Terry Donahue. Um, you know, you know it really hadn't a lot of chance to you know, address that with him passing away, one of the legends in the conference. So... Uh, I thought he did a good job, and you know, the coaches. There was definitely some interesting stuff, and we'll get to some of that stuff. But overall, I thought it was good. I don't know what from what you read and stuff. Anything stand out to you? Uh, no, I mean, I, I got the same impression. I thought Klievkov struck uh, basically the right note, even on short notice with dealing with the um, realignment stuff. I think it's right that he says we're not going to just force expansion just to expand. We're not going to add teams just to add teams. Uh, but certainly going to evaluate the whole situation. Um, I think, uh, you know, it was clear that their options are open um, and that they're willing to stay at 12 if that's the right move. I think that probably for the time being, that is the right move is to just stick at 12 um, and then see what plays out over the coming years um, or coming months, depending on how quickly everything else moves. I thought he was, uh, you know, Sounded the part um, and uh, made it very clear that football and, uh, to a lesser extent, men's basketball are going to be the focus of the conference. Um, they're going to be the driver of the conference, and uh, that's right, uh, much more so than uh, Larry Scott ever seemed to really understand or indicate. Um, and uh, I thought the note about parity. Um, and <laughs> you how, mentioned that a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. That, that not being the focus, we're going to be focused on trying to make um, college football playoff and all that. I mean, I think it's the right idea. 
Um, the the question is now with all of this stuff moving along is whether he's still a big proponent of a 12 team expansion to the playoff with uh, the SEC consolidating um, more and more power. Uh, whether that makes even whether that even makes sense anymore. Um, so I'm. He talked I, about that a little. Said yeah. he does. He's he likes it, but I think from the and the other people we talked to in the room. Uh, he said they would like, you know, they would like to make some changes and stuff to it. But for the most part, he likes the idea. The problem is it was just like, what was it? The Big 12 and the SEC and like Notre Dame and the Mountain West guy. Like those, those were the people in the room. And then, but they kind of went, wait, instead of like, yeah, 12 teams, let's do it. It's like they kind of made this whole plan um, and before other people even knew about it. So I think everyone else would have liked to got involved after at some point. So I think you're going to still see some people getting involved but the whole texas oklahoma thing i think sort of puts that on hold like i don't think you can change the playoff until some of this conference realignment stuff especially two huge brands in the game moving conferences uh and they're you know officially today um you know, we're accepted by the sec so uh whenever that like, it could be four years from now it could be tomorrow i don't know but it could be next year yeah it yeah. could be as early as 2022 if they work out uh the buyout or whatever from their big 12 contract but yeah, i think he l mostly liked the 12 team thing but you know there were some uh there's some details there you could kind of work out i did i did like the parody stuff um and it's also you know you could see the look on his face when he was talking about the teams that that were interested there's a lot of programs that were interested in joining the pac 12 now you know with the big 12 getting torpedoed there's going to be a lot of programs there trying to figure out what to do. Do you want to go to the American Athletic or would you rather go to like the Pac-12 and stuff? And I think it, if you're at Oklahoma State or Texas Tech, like, yeah, it makes sense if you would want to join the Pac-12. I don't think the Pac-12 is all that interested. They don't have to be, um, you know, and, you know, you talk about the pie getting bigger, but, the you know, there's more pieces. So the, it's not about the pie getting bigger. It's about the pieces of pie. Yeah, honestly, nothing left in the Big 12 makes a ton of sense. Um, I, I think it actually makes more sense to, like, go after if you were going to expand, it's more like the AAC because you might get the Houston market or you might get, um, I don't know if you're interested in SMU, but you can get Dallas then. Um, but nothing left in the Big 12 is really attractive and they're not going to pick Baylor. Like that's just not a cultural fit at all. Yeah. Baylor makes sense in the SEC. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what the appetite is for the SEC and the Big 10 to get even bigger now. Um, because I think the, if you're the Big Ten, you have to start um, thinking about not just matching what the SEC just did, but what is what is the SEC going to try to do um, yeah. going forward, and what does the Big Ten need to do in terms of their future um, to maintain some sort of uh, balance of power uh, with the SEC? Yeah, and, and what I'm and sorry, and that's going to be a huge uh, part of I think the next couple of years. Yeah, one of the cons the the I guess more consistent message that you'd hear from Larry Scott. And George Klyovkov, you know, reiterated was they do own 100% of their media rights. So, um, you know, there's there's a benefit to that. He felt. Do you like, know that I own 100% of my media rights? I, yeah, I don't know why you're not like people are like Amazon I, I should be calling it. you. I don't get um, it. Let's do a documentary on Dave's beard. But the the conference as a whole, he liked the fact he felt like Texas and Oklahoma moving. The Pac-12 owns the mountain, you know, the mountain time zone and the Pacific time zone. There's a uniqueness there. And, uh, you know, so he liked that. He liked owning 100% of the media rights. Not a lot's going to be done until these contracts and stuff come up. So he kind of comes into the job with, like, he can, 
he can fix some stuff. There's a there's some low hanging fruit. Larry, do, stupid things Larry Scott did, he can fix. Some of the stuff can't be fixed or attempted to be fixed until the, all the media rights come up in 2024. Right. Yeah. And so that's going to be a challenge. Um, and it's not good timing uh, for this to happen right now um, with still a couple of years to go until yeah. the media rights deal is renegotiated. I mentioned the misnomer for Merton Hanks said about Pac-12 officiating. I thought that was a, a miss, but they didn't have any comment on the Arizona State uh, situation, um, and uh, so that was weird. But I guess early on in the day, Dave, the Nick Rolovich, you know, Washington State comes up. So the way this works, just if you're not there, it's a a long room, um, not as wide, but it's very long, and in the front is a stage cameras and all this stuff set up there's tables all you know throughout the room where all the media can sit and the front is where like George Klyovkov would speak or the coaches um would be there and then in the way back of the room on the other side would be the players and if you were like closer to the back you could hear their microphones if you were closer to the front you could hear the coach's microphone the only coach that wasn't there we mentioned this last week it's like breaking as we were recording the show Nick Rolovich um it was the weirdest like I don't know if you saw any clips of this, David. He was on Zoom, so you see him on a TV screen. He was speaking very soft. He was, like, looking down. None of the gregarious personality that he's had. Um, it just seemed like he was forced to read something. It just didn't seem right at all. He said he wasn't going to get into why he's not vaccinated, personal reasons. He encouraged people to, you know, he didn't say vaccines are bad. He said, he's, you know, I don't think they're bad. He encouraged people to go look into them for themselves. Um, but it just was weird. And he filibustered for like 11 and a half minutes, like talking and you get about 25, uh, Chip Kelly didn't say a single word. Just was like, take questions. Um, the other end of the spectrum was Rolovich who talked for 11 and a half minutes, like trying to get like basically half the time. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't ask questions and people ask questions and he just wasn't, you know, going there as far as the, but that was a, that was a really weird one. Just as far as like getting a curveball early on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, you don't know exactly what his personal reasons are, but I think if his personal reasons had anything to do with like, I don't know, like an autoimmune disorder or something, maybe they would Probably have found heard a way it. to leak that out. Uh, so it's again, uh, as I said last week, it's conspiracy brain, um, you know, fighting with an a apparently emerging victorious over coaching brain. And it obviously unmanned him. Uh, he wasn't even his usual self in these, uh, in this interview. Um, I would imagine he also got a lot of shit, like a lot of shit in the intervening week. Um, I'm from sure. administration Pat at Washington Chung, State, you know, like, yeah. from everybody. And I think they told him, look, you hold the line on this and you say it's personal reasons and I encourage other people to get vaccines if they want to and we'll, you know, not fire you or whatever. <laughs> but um, I, I think that's why he looked so... Uh, honestly, he looked defeated. <laughs> like, yes. He looked just kind of broken. Um, we, go, we go, like, politically incorrect quite a bit, but... You know, I, just, I don't know. Keely's, it's fun that Keely's in the room because she's definitely going to look at me and say, you know, those Al Qaeda videos where like you have a hostage and you have to wow. read off a thing. Like, uh -huh. yeah, see, she's she's face planning. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Face palming. Um, is that it's the a right little, little, little cringeworthy. Um, a, right. But that's, do you know what I'm saying? That's, I got you. You, you know, the, he looked he looked like he was being forced to read something. Yes, exactly. Um, which I respect uh, Washington State all the more uh, for forcing him to read that. Um, uh, obviously, it'd be better if he just got vaccinated, but, um, you know, whatever. Uh, His team's 75% vaccinated. That's what he said. That's got to be on the low end for the league, though. I think so. Yeah, like Washington was like, 
I think 95% of the roster, he yeah. said, was, and like all the whole coaching staff. So, well, USC, I think it was like 80 or 90%. Yeah, they're like, up there. Yeah, I think Washington State's at the very low end. It's um, funny, like sometimes each year there's a theme. Like, obviously, people were talking about vaccination rates, also about, um, you know, conference, uh, you know, well, it's, it's because uh, I'm going to take everyone a little inside baseball. Um, oftentimes you come into these things and you actually have no idea what to ask. And then you ask a couple of things and you're like, I'm just going to ask everybody that. <laughs> um, and so one person was like, oh, God, what do I ask this guy? Vaccinations. And then he's like, oh, you know what? I can ask that of everybody. And then that's a little notebook note. Yeah. Great. Going to do it. Um, journalism, it's a lazy man's game. <laughs> but that was a common question. Um Colorado was mid nineties, I think. Uh, that's pretty good. Like, so seems like the Pac twelve. Remember when we talked that's, to? That's cute of Colorado. Last time they were good. Wow. Oh, uh, mid nineties. Is that, is that like a little legacy thing? I like that yeah, little like that. rim shot yeah. there. Um, yeah, I'm going through my tweets just to kind of remind me of any kind of notes that were going on. But the uh, I tweeted out that the main reason. When the I love this. It provides you an opportunity to just read your tweets on air. It's great. Yeah, the main reason to come. Is the brookies so it's a brownie and a cookie so like you're you're lower on them now than you were real time i i liked them for sure are i didn't just, eat one are, there are you just being a contrarian now you, no. you saw too much hype and then you're like you know i gotta dial back my own hype no our friends over at rainer troy alicia was like this is like the greatest thing ever and i was like and i hadn't had it yet because i look I, man I, 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 I saw the twitter record okay i saw her quote tweet you and i saw you like that tweet i did like, like it. his agreement all right, Ryan. But I hadn't eaten one at the time. But okay. Now I did. They're good. They're a little crumbly. So sight unseen, you were willing to concede that these are like the greatest thing Just ever. Just the idea of it. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Okay. And, and they taste really good, but they were a little crumbly for me. Yeah. They were like, they kind of made a mess. So like, it was a texture issue. A little bit, yeah. More than a taste. And it might have been like if you got them right, right from the bakery or something, it would have been different. Were they stodgy? Uh, were they stodgy? No. You're not a great British baking show fan? No, I'm not. Wow, okay. That's what they say? Yeah. I mean, you should be. It seems oh. more like your jam. I My cousin watches that. Yeah, She's, no. It yeah. seems like you should be all over that. Um, yeah. Shotgun like the apple cup, which was, uh, that was the turtle one. Mm, okay. So, uh, I haven't tried that one yet, but the I, USC UCLA is the OG. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's like cook, chocolate chip cookie. Colorado, Utah was peanut butter. Was it was it was the cookie itself? Was it just too stiff? Was that what it was? It was like, more the brownie. Like so, they they forced the brownie into like the cup of a cupcake. So I think that made it a little crumbly. Got it. Got it. Know? Got it. Got it. Um, are you an edge brownie guy or are you the middle of the pan guy? Middle. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And we're we're rarities because most people like the little hard crust. Yeah, I don't need that. No, no, no. I want it soft and chewy and delicious. And it's funny because when you eat a cupcake, I like sometimes I'll take the bottom cake part and eat that and then i have more icing for my cake you know but this is like it's a brownie so you don't need to like no yeah no it's different uh oregon oregon state was oatmeal raisin cal stanford was a sugar cookie and arizona arizona state was a snickerdoodle yeah i tried to find any kind of thematic appropriateness for any of that and there really wasn't any Um, this was the first time they used rivalries usually there's 12 different things but i guess i just don't think they had many for that i don't think that company had 12 different no flavor types yeah um Herm Edwards, did you get any of him? Yeah, did that you? he can't speak about any of this stuff. He called it a review, mm. not a like mm. an investigation, not like dossier. Anything that was asked, like, "Hey, is this going to affect recruiting?" Because you've had like a decommit recently. They didn't say that, but like, and it's like, no, nothing. Everything's everything's the same. Everything's fine, you know. Um, so it so was, they're uh, going with the downplay and Stonewall. 
downplaying Stowall, but there's going to be a shoe dropping at some point, and it's just we're not sure when. And that's I think that's why Arizona State was picked third because you just don't know. They're a really talented team. They could win the South, but did we tell everyone what the uh, picks were? What the media picks? Oh, we didn't do that. I could pull that up. Uh, do you have it there? Or? No. Oh well, here I'll pull that up. Come on, Ryan. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot you don't do stuff. That was ah, the thing. Right. Uh, let's see. Preseason media poll. Yeah. So hang on, I've got it. Or no, I don't. That's yeah. So in the north, Oregon overwhelming favorite, thirty-eight votes, uh, first place votes. Washington had two, so it's one Oregon, two Washington, uh, three Cal, uh, four Stanford, five Oregon State, and six Washington State. Uh, I had this a little different. I had the first three right, but I had Washington State. I think they might sneak up to the fourth, which maybe I'm wrong on that. I had Oregon State fifth, but I had Stanford down at number six. I think I was doing a Utah radio program, and they were asking me about that. They're like, oh, that's a USC-Stanford thing. I'm like, no, I just kind of feel like they're going to fall off a little bit. And they're like, oh, the Stanford fans get on you? I'm like, yeah, we do our podcast, a champion show, and those 12 Stanford fans will kind of get on you when you get critical. You know, and Last year, we were critical of them, and they end up going four yep. and two or whatever, so without practicing at home at all like that's pretty impressive they were a bad foreign too though they were a bad for too but they, yeah. and they had like a caller like a stanford caller on the utah show like kind of give me crap for it so Whatever. Yeah. yeah stanford where, um, where, where, where i had this ex- i had the north exactly the same wow okay um yeah i had oregon state edging out washington state and stanford despite the fact that i think they're going to be bad uh still fourth okay uh, but i think i had them at four and eight overall okay um and the south uh, a little closer. Four different teams had first place votes. USC had 27. They were picked to win. Uh, Utah next with six first place votes. Arizona State third also with six first place votes. UCLA fourth with one. Uh, then Colorado and Arizona. And I had this exact the same. I had this uh, pretty different. I had ASU first, USC second, Utah third, UCLA fourth, Arizona fifth, and Colorado sixth. Wow. Your buddy Carl Durrell is going to finish last. Yeah, it wasn't a bad last, but it was last. Like I, I had, had them two still, guys. I had them still winning some games. I just think Arizona is going to be a little bit better than people think this year. I like the energy around that program. All right. Um, I did like Jed Fish when he was up there. Uh, good energy from him. Um, yeah, I liked what he had to say. Uh, let's see. So there was. So yeah, and then Oregon was picked to uh, win the championship game, which I also picked. You also picked. Yeah, so that, that's what I did too. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. So. Kyle Whittingham was up there and I went up to the podium to ask him a question about conference realignment just because I'm like, you know what? He's been through it. He's done this before. And it was interesting. I mean, he had said basically like, just hold on to your seat. Like this is not over. Like this is going to be, things are going to be very vastly different. And I asked him if he had any advice for the programs that were moving. He's like, no, no advice, but he goes recruit your ass off. So that was, that was all he said. But, um, yeah, so so he was kind of a good person to talk to about realignment because he's gone through it. Um, and I asked Jed, your buddy Jed Fish, mm-hmm. if you remember, so Larry Scott comes in, you know, Larry Scott's on the way out. Klyovkov has to basically do everything the opposite. Sublin screwed up big time. You could hear the players how happy they were when they were talking about, they just love Fish. He's just, you know, he's going to be very different than Sumlin. Sumlin closed everything to everybody. Right. And so I asked him, I'm like, what was, when did your decision to open up for camp? And he was like, why would you not? Like, these guys want to play in front of people. He had, he had a great answer. He just kind of went off about why it's important. It's like, this is a game. Like, 
they could have their parents and, and fans watch them play. And like, you want to see people practice. It's not going to be some competitive disadvantage if we're out there with an open camp and let the media watch and everything. I want people to see what's going on here. I want to see it. And it was very like reminiscent of Pete Carroll when I was covering him. And I, I've always been a proponent of that. I've always felt like that's a smart way to go. And when someone like just completely shuts it down, like it's a, you know, Soviet bloc thing, I was just like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, agreed. Full agreement. Um, I think that's uh, it's a it's an expression of confidence, and it's it's an expression of um, caring about the fans, caring about it as a spectator sport. Um, and I'm sure it's going to pay dividends. I mean, at the very least, it's going to have more fan interest. I mean, if you make things fun and interesting, I mean, he was talking about what they're going to do with the Zona Zoo this year, um, or they're going to have it be basically like a massive party during the games with like a DJ and stuff. Like, that's great. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well there, and I hope um, uh, all of this works out because I think it's a great um, uh, signal to uh, the um, you know secret police that operate as the uh, head coaches of the various other programs in the league. That hey, you don't have to do it this way. Yeah, <laughs> Chip Kelly, you know you can you can allow the media to watch more than twenty minutes of your fall camp practices, and guess what? You could also allow fans to do it. Because frankly, you've been super bad. Nobody's actually going to your practices to scout you. Yeah, nobody is. You've been bad, uh, dude. Uh, they're they're doing just fine without having open practices to scout your ass. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I thought Chip did a good job. He was definitely his sort of like deadpan delivery stuff. Uh, one reporter, I think he must have a history with Chip. Asked him because I know you don't like history, and he said, and Chip came back with something quick about that you know he likes certain history or whatever but so the reporter was going into the history of not him not winning an out of conference game uh-huh um, and he's like oh you mean like we didn't play any last year and the t- the two years ago like the, the the two years we've been here like yeah yeah that history that that yeah that we talk about that all the time you know it was like he got on him like right away before the guy could even answer a question and just like shut it down and he the poor guy was sitting at the microphone he's like is, is that sufficient he's like uh, yeah, the guy just like didn't know what to say. He's like, yep. And then he took a question from somebody else. And then the guy asked another one later, but he completely just wiped them off the face of the earth. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I think it's uh, great to be a jerk when you're uh, <laughs> I don't know. 10 and 21. <laughs> but I thought, you know, he was uh, he he got a, was paid a compliment by David Shaw saying he doesn't get enough credit for changing college football the way he did it. And, uh, you know, he was like, you know, whatever. Yeah, I love it when uh, they're talking about it like it's an in-memoriam segment. He's still the head coach of a team in the league. And he's 10 and 21. Yeah, he changed college football. You know, uh, remember when we talked to uh, Chris Cartman a couple years ago, and I like didn't think Arizona State was going to be good. And he was like, you know, like, Nikhil Harry guy's good and all that. I was like, oh, I think. And he changed my mind. I'm like, okay, they're going to be better than I thought. The problem is, I heard David Shaw. He seems super confident about his team. He, I think... He thinks Stanford's going to be good. I'm not convinced. I, I still kind of think like they're going to be bad, but I'm like, damn it! If I don't listen to him and they're good, I'm like, it's going to piss me off. I, I'll, 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 I'll argue they're going to be trash. All right, like not even average. They're going to be trash. Um, and what else stood out? Nothing really. Like nothing. Like Jonathan Smith. I like, I like him. I just, I didn't. I, I don't. I think I was doing something else. I was writing a, like a, my Klyovkov story when that was going on. So I didn't pay a ton of attention to that. Um, you didn't find a guy named John Smith super riveting. Interesting. No. Uh, Wilcox was sort of like kind of quiet, and uh, you know, um, th- some of the players. Like I was closer to the players when I was like writing, and you could hear some of them. They're having a good time. Chase Lucas from. Arizona State, like, dude's got personality up the, the, like, I was like, we should get him on the podcast. Like, he's cool. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but there was a lot of a lot of I think a lot of great players they brought, and overall it was good. It was a it was a good day. Um, but great. then, okay, so Klyavkov is going on a listening tour, and he started off going to USC because he was already in LA. He's going to USC. He's on his way to Oregon next. Um, so I thought he'd go to UCLA, but I don't know. It's it's whatever. He's hitting the two favorites in the conference first. Um, but you know, was out on that. We went to a player run practice yesterday. We can't watch, but we could like watch the players go by and then interview them. And he went out on the field uh, with the players and Mike Bone, the USC athletic director. He went. He met with Lindsey Gottlieb, the new women's basketball coach that came over from the NBA. Um, you know, they took pictures and all this stuff. And uh, we had a supposed you know on the down low. We didn't tell anyone we were going to do a happy hour uh, with. Mike Bone, George Klavkov, and all the 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 beat meter beat media could come, and it's an off the record conversation. I can't like share all the intimate details, but it was it was overall very positive, and uh, I got to I mean, lucky enough, I got to talk with him like ten minutes, like me just me and him just standing there having a beer and talking, and like never would have that happened with Larry Scott, like not and not on your life. And I told David this already, but he'll he'll still laugh again. Basically, the first words out of his mouth were because I told when I do the podcast of champions like oh the show that makes fun of my distribution in the opening <laughs> yes yes and you know the guy's super successful right like my net worth is like a rounding error for his right but but like he's spent the time talk- I mean that was right off the bat you know laughed a little bit about it right and uh Talk to me the whole time. Either has like, listened to the beginning of the show or has gotten a briefing on the beginning of the show. He said he listens to the show. Like he told me he's like a listener of the show. And uh, so, you know, seemed very encouraged that he, you know, wanted to change that, you know, perspective. And, you know, we are, we already mentioned that, you know, I told him like, hey, I was working with one of his PR guys and we're going to get him on the show at some point. He's, he's going to be doing this listening tour for the next like two months. So we'll, he'll have time in the, in the offices. So we'll be able to, hopefully get him on but he was he was great and i feel like he's someone that gets it do i know he's going to be you know be able to fix all the pac 12 problems no but i feel a lot more confident after talking to him like it's a guy that knows what he's doing he he knows the mistakes that larry scott made and he's not going to like shy away from him it's not his fault but he's going to there's some going to be easy to fix and some won't uh, but overall dave i just i was really really impressed by him that's awesome that's awesome i'm looking forward to uh having him on the show yeah where he can give us both some crap on the record but for that for him to say that like right off the beginning and then continue to talk to me so you know maybe keep your enemies closer thing as i don't yeah. know but he was well getting- i know i know the pac-12 under larry was not super happy with uh with our uh um uh, with our opener no but we would never talk to like we would hear from people like dave hirsch or somebody like not even him like he was a higher up guy like we would hear from some of the lower people about that like yeah they're not super happy about that or whatever like i guess we are the only well there's a couple other podcasts now but like we're the main one right and uh but to have like the commissioner like tell you that um and uh it i did share a story about the 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 parody thing uh with him i just let him know like where this came from is because of like we were at the pac-12 championship game and I was, I think I was doing a show, like maybe Keely and I were doing a pregame show or something and Larry Scott was available. And I told my beat writer, Dan Weber, ask him what's more important, parody or college football playoff. And Larry Scott said parody. And like, that's, you know, he hasn't been able to live that down since and he had to back off of that and everything. And so the fact that the new commissioner is like mentioning parody over and over again, I feel like I'm somewhat responsible for that. Like, You're an influencer. 
<laughs> a social media influencer. But he was so all of our POC listeners out there, uh, he was yeah he was really cool to talk to. And I, what makes a good you know a, if you're gonna be a great recruiter, you gotta like listen to people. And sometimes you're listening to a kid at a high school that you're never gonna recruit to that he's not your level, but you don't say, so, well I'm not recruiting you. I'm not going to listen to you because his older brother or someone you might recruit, like you just don't pick and choose who you talk to. Larry Scott would only talk to the presidents at first. He wouldn't even talk to the athletic directors. And that, that came on later on. And, you know, he certainly wouldn't talk to, you know, run of the mill beat writers for different programs. Like he might talk to like Bruce Feldman or something, but he's not going to talk to you and me or Tracy or anybody like that. And, you know, he's going to go out. Cleofa's going to meet, Every freaking beat writer probably that's you know in the Pac-12 footprint and have an impression on all of them. Some probably some good, probably some bad, whatever. But stuff that Larry Scott just wouldn't even do. And I think just making that sort of effort, it just shows like he's going to have a much different approach, which I, I like that. Yeah, it's the same thing with uh, say our man Jed Fish that we were just talking about. It's soft signs, but it's signs that yeah. he gets it. Um, so nail all the small stuff like Martin Jarman at UCLA. He's nailing all this like you know, relatively small stuff, but when you nail all that stuff, it breeds confidence that you're going to nail the bigger stuff. Yeah. Um, and so for Jed Fish, it's winning games. For Martin Jarman, it's hiring coaches. And for George Klayovkov, it's getting the Pac-12 out of this mess. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny. And there's similarities between, you know, Jarman and uh, and Mike Bone at USC. You know, they're – you come in – I think USC was in more of a mess mess, but – you come in and you have to fix all these problems and then, Oh, you get strapped with a pandemic. And like, so you're the, the level of difficulty you were going to do like a triple Lindy. And now you're going to do a quadruple. Yeah. You had like, it just added to the level of difficulty. And I think the same thing with George Klyavkov, like he had a lot of problems already with the PAC 12 to fix. And like, Oh, by the way, the day you take over college football landscape is changing, you know, forever. And now you got to navigate that too. So they all got their work cut out for them. But I feel like, you know, I feel like the Pac-12 is in as good as hands as it could be. Uh, when we, you know, heard about the hire, and you're like, "Who?" Um, well, you get to know them, and I, I, I like that that you went out and tried to find someone that you interview. You know, you would interview like, "Okay, I, I get why you would hire him." Like, if I was in the position to hire a guy, like he's certainly someone I would have considered. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else? No, I think uh, you've clearly you were very excited about Pac-12 Media Day, and it's not ha- spring practice. Have but you it's- discussed it to your heart's content? <laughs> I love that you just don't even like this stuff. Um, yeah, no, I, it was good. Uh, yeah. I wish you could have come, hopefully, next. So they had their radio row. It was like on the 12th floor, and we were like all on the second floor. Um, but I think next year. Next year. Next year, we're going to have our own Jerusalem. Booth, yep. And then we can get everyone to come by, and we could have sat down with Chase Lucas and talked to him and just said, and we're not going to talk to the other players. We're going to talk to him for a long time. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be kind of fun and it would be a great podcast. We would just have like little love it. Uh, tidbits from everyone across the conference. We did that one year where we, um, we, we set up our pod in like the corner of the studio when it was at the uh, Paramount or whatever. Oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, we, we get, but we just talked to like Bruce and Pete Thamel. Yeah. I think we did that. <laughs> and we might've got like sound from, I always have like delusions like, Oh, I'm going to get sound from everybody. You like, did that one year. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's a lot of work. We need an intern for that. Yeah. Yeah. Keely's right there. She's like, my intern days are long over. So yeah, she's basically my boss. She tells me what to do. Like she tells me when I'm like doing something wrong. No, don't do that. I was like, damn it. Come on, kid. I, it was funny. We were at, uh, so the way we were at the 
the workout, the uh, USC player run practice thing. And this happy hour start supposed to start at five 30 and the workout they thought would end by five. Well, it wasn't done. It was like five 15, five 20. And there was like the website people were at the workout. The newspaper people just went right to the bar, which is like maybe a five minute walk. So they were going to, and, and Klyovkov and Mike Bone already went over there. And I was like, okay, so they're going to get a leg up on this. And it's, it's, it's like 520, and I'm like, I'm going to talk to like a redshirt freshman offensive lineman, or do I want to go talk to the new commissioner? So Keely and I look at each other. We had like the exact same thought at the same time, like, get the hell out of here. So I left, and I let her and like Shotgun and Chris were there to do interviews, and I just you know went over to there. And it was great because I walked in. They are moving from the bar to like the, the private room, and uh, he just happened to, you know, I, I said hello. And like the, it was like the seas parted, and it was just me and him standing there talking. And there's other, there are other, the newspaper guys are there, they're around and they might've already said hello to him, but we sat there and talked for 10 minutes or stood there and no one like came up and like interrupted us. I was like, I can't walk away. I'm not going to leave the guy alone. So it was really nice. I mean, no one got as much one-on-one time with him than me. So I was Well, I think lucky. everyone understood the two biggest power brokers in the room <laughs> needed, needed, needed some face-to-face. I am the elder statesman as far as the, the US media go. At God, this point. That's, that's sad when you think about that. But, yeah. Well. Um, the shoe fits anyway, but thanks to, uh, if he's listening, thanks George. Uh, that was great. We had a, had a good time there and, uh, look forward to getting you on and hope you guys like that little recap of PAC 12 media day. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back. Cause we got a lot of questions to get to back in a minute. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, I needed that break, David. I, how, I felt, how was your break? I felt like I talked for 41 minutes. You basically did. <laughs> no, it was beautiful. I, I, uh, I love seeing you excited about something. And you could do all nothing, the questions. Nothing excites you more than talking about behind-the-scenes media stuff. I it's do really like great. that. I like the I like the newsy stuff. You the like conference. the reality show version of uh, covering the sport, and the, but I like the newsy aspects of it too. Like there were some interesting things that happened. You know, yeah, interesting. Yes, <laughs> you don't find interesting. Well, you could do all the questions. How's that? We oh yeah, that. great. Uh, well, do you want to do? Should we do the voicemails first? That's been our tradition. Let's do it. Okay, as was once the way of our people. Uh, first voicemail. Here you go. What's good, guys? This is Evan from Tempe. Uh, I had a question about Clay Helton. I was going to call Ryan's other podcast, but uh, he seems to get annoyed at times when everyone calls and asks him about Clay Helton on that one, so I figured I'd rather do this one, probably should do this one. And, but I just want to know, like, there's all this talk about Matt Campbell being, you know, 
in many eyes, the, the best coach for USC to, to go and get uh, when the Clay Helton era is over. Um, and, you know, the thought process is, oh, well, look at what he does at Iowa State. Imagine we could do at USC. And, and I get that, and I like Matt Campbell as a candidate, but, like, weren't we also saying that, you know, when it was Jim Harbaugh, it's like, oh, well, he looked good at Stanford. Imagine we could do at Michigan. And then he totally flopped at Michigan. And then, oh, uh, Kevin Sumlin, look at what he did at Houston. What can he do at A&M? And he – totally flopped at the end of his A&M career and then flopped the whole time at Arizona. And then it's like, oh, look at Tom Herman. Oh, great job at Houston. Now he's going to Texas, and then he whiffed. And then it's like, oh, Scott Frost at UCF. Oh, my God. And then he goes to a blue blood, and he whiffs. So it's just kind of like I, I like Matt Campbell, and he's definitely one of the top candidates, in my opinion, for the USC job, and I think he's a great coach and all. But are we sure right now? that he is going to be, that he is an elite coach and, you know, will kind of return USC, you know, back to, you know, back to being a dominant program because I just don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I dislike him or anything, but I just think we've kind of seen this movie a bunch of times. We, but in sometimes it seems like we don't really know exactly how somebody's going to do when they get in that situation with the bigger program and everything. So I just want to know what you guys thought and uh, thank you guys. Thanks, uh, Evan. I don't, I mean, it's not like I don't like talking about Clay Helton. It's just, I get that question. I mean, if I go to a cafe and someone knows me, they're like, oh, how long is Clay Helton going to be there? Like, you just kind of answer it all the time. Like, you can only say the same thing so many times, you know, like they haven't played a game since the last time I was asked. So I don't, I don't know what else to say. Well, he can't say anything more because he's been saying for two to three years now that he should be fired um, after the season. So uh, for Ryan, it's sort of like, um, I don't know. Don Quixote type thing. Yeah. You know, it's just, you're... I mean, I've been wrong for the last, like, don't ask me. Like I said, he was going to be fired two years ago. And he wasn't, well, and, so. and like legitimately should have been, um, several times. Yeah. Um, and he just keeps going. So I think Ryan, when he's answering that question, it's his own, some of his own natural exasperation <laughs> with just the simple logic of the situation. It was funny. listening to, uh, the audible and Bruce and Stu were recapping Pac-12 media. They were, they were both there and they were like, they wanted this thing about USC and like, you know, where they could be in conference realignment because, you know, they're a powerful brand or whatever. And he's like, he's, he said, I think the line was something like, look, I mean, even with Clay Helton as the head coach, they're a top 15 team. So it was like, it was just this throwaway comment like, they have a terrible head coach and they could still be good. You know, like it was so like. But that's the, that's the, exactly. That's the, uh, the lasting brand there. I mean, it's the, the floor is really, really high. Yeah. Cause they're at the floor right now. <laughs> Because Clay Helton's a horrible, horrible football coach. Um, but, yeah, as for the Matt Campbell part, yeah, you never know. Um, yeah. you, you never know. Um, but I think it's more just, um, you know, if they can get Matt Campbell, that's getting a proven guy who's also uh, going to be, I don't know, whenever he gets hired, he's going to be one of the top two or three guys on the market. So it'd be the kind of hire that USC, if you go back through history, really hasn't made. Um, right, that's true. Yeah. They they don't do that. Um, they generally are hiring either from an insular position or um, occasionally hiring on the cheap. Um, so this it would be a uh, a bit of a shift, um, and I think it's probably one that's coming. Um, I think the the AD hire they just made is somebody who's out of the family. Um, so it's a matter of uh, getting serious about this stuff because you know UCLA gets knocked for not being serious about football for the longest time. USC sort of was too. It's just the floor of the USC program is so much higher. But yeah. like the hires they were making for a long time were poor. Yeah, head scratching, and you 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 don't ever know. I mean, 
Sometimes country you think, like, club atmosphere. Oh, very true. But I mean, as far as like hires go, like who are the some of those Boise State guys that were like huge, like won tons of games? Like Colorado hired one of them. I forget who it was. And uh, Dan Hawkins. Dan Hawkins just like flamed out. And you're like, you know, he had a lot of success here. You don't have success there. I mean, it happens all the time. Like players, sometimes it's a situation, you know, like mm-hmm. you get a guy, like he's drafted really high, but he goes to a terrible organization and he's just someone that needs like good structure around him and he's terrible. And then he gets traded or let go and like he gets signed by like the Patriots and he's like amazing or something. And you're like, oh, he needed that. And sometimes it's just like whatever it is. You know, Chris Peterson had success. It'd been interesting to see how it kept going. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good transition from Boise to, to Washington. You know, Nick Saban had success at LSU, didn't do well in the NFL, and is the greatest coach of all time now after his run in Alabama, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of that. It's just, you never know. So I've got a name. I've got, well, I've got a guy to throw out there for the USC job. Uh, 56 and 28 all time in Pac-12, right? Um, Has led teams as far as the national championship game. Um, (laughs) Has won two New Year's Six Bowls. I think I know this Has appeared is. in four. Oh. Um, what are you thinking? Chip Kelly? <laughs> Sounds like a fit to me. He has, look, I mean, look at this. 43 and 18 in Pac-12 games. That's amazing. Um, is it, like, we always try to look at the last couple of years, too. I'm sure it's it's probably trending up, right? Like, the last couple. <laughs> <laughs> Some would argue Yes. <laughs> It is trending up. After, like, it's trending up from two from three years ago. Yeah, it is funny. I think I think Bruce, like, we mentioned Bruce like five times on the show. Um, I think when we thought there was going to be a change before, they mentioned Brian Kelly a lot from Notre Dame and stuff. His name's actually come up in other places too, but he sticks around there. I don't think Notre Dame would in a million years allow him to just move from Notre Dame to USC. But I think this was before. Like I don't think they were super enamored with him either. They were sort of no, like, but it's sort of a that's sort of like a an ego thing at that point. Yeah. That's you can't true. let him leave for the rival. Right. Yeah, because it looks like it's a— Well, it's it, like when uh, John Savage, UCLA's baseball coach, was they were looking at him pretty hard at USC for that baseball job opening. Wasn't that like 10 years ago or something? something yeah, I think so. Um, UCLA ponied up way more than they want to for a baseball coach just to prevent that from happening. Ah, gotcha. Uh, thanks for that, Evan. We got another one. I think it's our buddy Perk, if I'm not mistaken. Here you go. Hey guys, it's Kirk. Um, you know, just following up on uh, the comments you guys had talked about last week from Nick Saban talking about how much money Bryce Young was making in, in NIL money. Um, I was wondering with, given the new development of the NIL, if you guys could ever foresee a situation down the line in which someone in their junior year who would probably be projected to be a late round draft pick, um, if you could see a scenario in which given NIL money, they instead of going to the NFL draft, just determine that it's they're kind of indifferent or more in favor of coming back to their senior year due to just being able to get money. I was wondering if you guys would see that scenario ever playing out. Thanks, guys. I think it's absolutely going to be part of the conversation for um, fringe draft picks and maybe even some non-fringe ones, depending on what kind of money they're getting. I yeah. mean, for <laughs> Bryce Young, before he's played a game, to be – Having almost a million or started, yeah. I, I think I said that yeah, correctly before. Before, yeah. before starting a game, already having a million dollars in endorsements. I mean, what's it going to look like if he's a Heisman contender? Yeah. Um. So I think there's uh, this is uh, college football. I mean, I think potentially getting a little bit more competitive with um and college basketball potentially potentially getting a little bit more competitive with being a in in the NBA draft a second round pick or in the NFL draft being a third through seventh round pick. Um. 
if if the money starts trickling out to more guys. Um, and we're going to see that. We're going to see what happens with NIL and how many guys are getting, you know, real money as opposed to, you know, 10 grand here or 10 grand there. Uh, but if it is real money and it's stable money, um, I think it's one more incentive for guys to not leave after three years. Yeah. And this is what Nick Saban's saying. I don't know. David tried some funny comments about that. He said, like, Nick Saban's like smarter than 10 of us put together in this room. Like he didn't do anything he said was for a reason, you know, it's like because what what he actually means there is his coach brain is the most powerful coach brain in the entire world. He does not say anything except to further the cause of his program and his team. Right. So you say he wouldn't like not get vaccinated. Right. No, he wouldn't let conspiracy brain. He has truly the most powerful coach brain (laughs) in the history of the world. Right. Um, But yeah, David Shaw had some glowing words for, for Nick on that one. But obviously that was strategic. Um, we're just not seeing a ton of stuff. There's been some bigger announcements that the things have kind of backed off a little. And not everyone's going to talk about it. You know, uh, Keaton Slovis talked about him signing with Clutch Sports. Uh, you know, LeBron James is, you know, where LeBron James is. And, you know, he wasn't focused on, like, trying to sign deals. He's like, I want to play football. But it's just more about my long-term brand. And I think you're going to see a lot of players that are maybe trying to find the right fit, someone that's going to help them with the taxes and with the who are here. What's your brand? Not just like, here's the money, take it, you know? Um, Cause there've been things of that where like, they're trying to give money away and the terms aren't good. And players have said, no, we're not doing that. Like that's, so I, that's what you want. You want, you don't want just this huge money grab and just take whatever comes around. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that all plays out. I, I mean, I don't know if the money is going to be big enough in a lot of cases where, you know, can you, you know, if you're a fringe pick, like what if you sign with a team? Like it's like 300 or 400,000 for the year, right? Like no matter what, like mm-hmm. you'd have to have a pretty big NIL deal for like a fringe player to not want to do that. But, you know, it might be enough where you're like, hey, I don't have to worry about borrowing money from my roommate to buy pizza where before a lot of the players would do that or I need to send a little bit of money home or whatever it is. And if they can do that and continue their education, that might be worth it as opposed to getting like nothing. Um, you know, you get the bigger payday going the NFL, but if you're at least being able to get by and you can have a little more comfortable life outside of your, you know, the training table stuff, that yeah, I think that might be a benefit to stay and they want to stick around an extra year. There we go. Uh, all right. Do you want to start off with questions? Who's first? I think it's uh, Big 12 Collapse, Mark. All right. This is from Mark, Big 12 Collapse. Hello, champions. With today's reports of Texas and Oklahoma inquiring about joining the SEC, this surely would spell the doom for the Big 12. Which schools, if any, do you think the PAC will, should go after should the Big 12 collapse? All right, I want to make sure we're leaving no one out, but my first instinct is none. Um, so here, let me give you the list and you tell me. Oklahoma State. I mean, football, they, they have uh, T-Boom Pickens is a huge booster. Where's Oklahoma State? Uh What's, um, I don't know. It's in Oklahoma. Yeah. Nope. Uh, <laughs> and it's also not in Oklahoma City. Right. Where is it? Stillwater. Stillwater. Yes. Okay. There's a movie out. But no. uh, they and- have a very successful athletic program. They have a huge booster. And their football team has been really good. But they're not, it's it's not going to move the It needle. adds nothing to the league except for a competitive team. Yeah. It's a competitive team, but that's not enough. Like, right. that's not, yeah. Baylor. They do have, okay, Here, hear me out. The only conference that you sign Baylor, the only conference that has two programs where you can do sailgating. Because Baylor's new stadium, you can do sailgating, and Washington. That would trump the SEC that only has one. Not a fit. Okay. Uh, Iowa State University. 
a lot of success. Matt Campbell. Where's it located? Uh, Ames. In Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> no. University of Kansas? Uh, the hoop stuff, you know, is, is good, I'm obviously. tricking you. Where's it located? Oh, the, oh, the University of Kansas. Lawrence. In Kansas. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, Kansas State University. That would be Manhattan, Kansas. What state? Kansas. Yeah. Kansas. Yeah, yeah, no. Not happening. Uh, Texas Christian University. TCU. That's in Texas, though. You know. You could talk me into Texas Christian because yeah. it's not, I don't think it's actually super religious anymore. Baylor is, uh, and that would be a non-starter. I don't think Texas Christian actually is. Do you really? Th- it's not, so you think just a religious oh, yeah, yeah. affiliation would be a... That's a that's a no-no for the Pac-12. So uh, George Klyovkov was asked about like AAU accreditations and stuff, and he said that wasn't you know a, a blockade to getting a team in. He's keeping his options open. Utah didn't have it, and once they joined the Pac-12, they did. So if you're a school that doesn't have it, it's even more a that, reason. That's to go not to a blocker, but they're never adding BYU, and that's the reason. That's a block. Okay. Um, and so I think for Baylor it'd be similar. Um, Texas Tech uh, problem is Lubbock. That's really it. Yeah. There's not a fan base in the major media markets in Texas, so they also throw tortillas. They throw tortillas, games. and we can't have that. And then West Virginia is so not a fit for even the Big Twelve, much less so for uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a you know. Morgantown, no. But yeah, so unless you're adding strictly for competitive balance, which is not going to be the reason they're adding teams, um, this isn't. Right. Like, none, none of these teams make sense. I think, honestly, Houston makes more sense than any of these teams. What if, I don't want to like upset our friend Angie, but is, is the Pac-12 better if they had dropped Oregon State and added Oklahoma State? I think it's uh, it's basically a wash from like an interest standpoint um, and from a money standpoint. Uh, competitively, it'd be more competitive. Competitively, it'd be better. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because I mean, you could theoretically to consolidate and make things a little bit more stable. You could drop. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna piss off some people right now. You could drop Washington State and Oregon State to two schools that aren't bringing in much of the eyeballs or the revenue. Um, and just go back to the Pac-10 with uh, Utah and Colorado instead of Oregon State and uh, Washington State. Ooh. And uh, then you're probably increasing revenue for uh, the remaining 10. I've thought about that a little bit because, like, you're basically in this club, right? Like, you're in a club. You're in this, like, Hollywood club. You're already inside. There's there's a line outside. People are trying to get in. And you have to be, like, dressed to the nines, all this stuff. And you're sort of, and like— And then there's me sitting there in, you're like, like, basketball attire, shorts. Yeah, and uh, flip-flops or something. And you're already in the club. And at some point, they're like, there's like these big... And I've been in the club for a while. There's only like 12 seats in the club. So you have to have a seat. But I've been in there since like 8 p.m. I've made friends with the bartender. Like a couple of the bouncers know me. But at some point, they're like, we need to get this. There's a supermodel outside and there's no seat. Like, right, David, we need you to go outside and we're going to have the supermodel. You know what that would require, though? It'd have to be paying me a lot of money at that point to get out of there. Um, Do you think that like... Could a Vanderbilt like be like, you know what, we we have room for one more good team. We're, Vanderbilt, like, we're just gonna let you go. Like, do you think there would be any kind of anything where you're getting rid of or programs want to leave? Like, the bottom dwellers would want to leave. Yeah, I, it might be. Um, I think for like teams like Vanderbilt, though, they're not gonna want to leave like the SEC or the Oregon State or Washington State because the alternative is making a lot less money. Even yeah. if they might be more competitive, it's making a lot less money. And what have we learned in the last week? This is entirely entirely driven by money 
You think Oklahoma, from a competitive standpoint, wants to be in the SEC versus the Big 12 where they're making the playoff every goddamn year and winning the league every year? Yeah, no. probably not. Uh, do you think Texas wants to go from being like middle of the pack and disappointing in the Big 12 to bottom of the pack and disappointing <laughs> in the SEC? No. No. Uh, I, I think these are things that are driven entirely by the the pie, the revenue, and ESPN. Uh, Big 12 is obviously right that ESPN was doing this and and – Oh yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see if that lawsuit goes forward. ESPN like responded today too. They basically are like, "We're not doing anything wrong. This is a terrible accusation." Blah blah blah. So like, it's, they, they were 100 percent doing stuff. Yeah, wrong. They, they were 100. percent I'm like, sure it was behind the scenes. Like, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's not the Sports Center anchors that are talking about. It. It's the behind the scenes people that are yeah, like, you know, "This just, would help I, us." I just really want all of the email discovery if that goes forward. I really Ooh, want all of it. I want all good. of it. I want to read it all. It would be good. Um, all right, should I go to Alfred? Go to Alfred. Uh, OU, UT, and Pac-10. Hi, guys. I don't remember all details of how the conference realignments went down a decade ago. Was the Longhorn Network the only reason Oklahoma and Texas didn't join the Pac-10? I think that was the main... It was a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. it's a big part of of what was going on. I understand why Oklahoma and Texas went into the SEC. Cash money, yo. But do you think they are or might consider the Pac-12? No. As of today... They've been, they've, uh, what is it, Tuesday? They officially asked to go out with the SEC on, uh, what's today, Thursday? The SEC said yes. So they checked yes. Yeah. They're just waiting for their divorce to be finalized and they can get out of there. Um, Do you think Commissioner Kalashnikov Kalashnikov. is throwing the Pac 12's hat into the sweepstakes? Uh, I th- I think he could have if this I mean he probably did I mean I'm sure he threw a phone call out there but but it was like he started and this was already like yeah. way down the road. Here's some of my thoughts, which may be way off. Uh, so I love your opinions. Okay, money. Yes, the SEC generates way more money than the Pac-12 now, but don't you think that if Oregon, I mean o- Oregon, uh, if Oklahoma and Texas join the Pac, then revenues, including the new TV streaming deals, would jump substantially? Yes, yeah, not as much. Yeah, sure, they would, but not as much. And if I'm not going to join a place because, like, well, if I went there, it would be more popular. Like, no, I want to go there because it's popular, not because I'm making it more popular. Because you're a follower, not a leader. I no, I want to lead, but I want to be, you know, you want to be leading into a place where they're the, the SEC is already leaders, and they're leaders going into the leading. They're all, all leading. You, you know what Texas will be? They're going to the, be a the follower. SEC? They're, they're, they're going to be a follower. follower. Yeah. You know who Oklahoma's going to be in there? Uh, the, I don't know. Uh, a follower. We'll see. Uh huh. Yeah, we will see. They beat, we, Oak, they beat Alabama in bowl games and stuff. Uh huh. So. Yeah. How are they going to do with that schedule where they're not playing like friggin' Kansas every year? That's true. They get Vandy. They're like, Vandy, you have to play uh, 15 okay, teams. Okay. A year. The SEC has one Vandy. Yeah. How many How many Vandys does the Big 12 There's have? A few. Yeah. Uh, recruiting a quick look at where uh, UO and UT uh, recruits come from, and more come from Pac 12 footprint than the SEC footprint. Wouldn't uh, Oklahoma and Texas want to increase their presence in Arizona, California, and Washington? They already recruit them well enough. They do. Uh, competition. Wouldn't fighting for a conference championship or at least be the top 12 if college football expands if the PAC uh, would be more appealing than trying to compete against Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Texas A&M, LSU, and Auburn? It's not about competition. It's about money. Yeah. But it's, it's, he's right on that one. Uh, politics. I've read that the state of Oklahoma might find a fight against uh, Oregon and Oklahoma State. Uh, I'm sorry, against uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State being in different conferences. So why not bring Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Houston, Rice into the pack? 
then have four pods in the pack 16 great pines Plains. which would be Plains. Uh, i'm sorry Plains. oh my god sorry Plains. i'm uh i need a beer i think great plains oklahoma texas oklahoma state and either texas tech houston or rice the mountain is arizona arizona state colorado utah california you know those schools and the Pacific Northwest, those schools, play everyone in your pod each year and rotate home and home with two teams from other pods. This might uh, be all moot by the time you record this next episode. Keep up the mediocre work. You're right on both counts. Yes. <laughs> um, well, thank you for the email. Uh, yeah. But it's funny. But I don't think they would go like the Northwest pods wouldn't go for that. They, they want to be able to play in California more. True. I don't think you can count on that forever. No. Because parody, that was for parody. Yeah, it's going. Yeah, go, that's go, that's go, going to go bye bye. Yeah, uh, this is from Ryan in Chicago. Please don't go. If the Pac-12 implodes, you're not going to leave us, are you? Not only are we not going to leave you, Ryan, we are going to maintain the name of this goddamn podcast, even if it makes absolutely no sense. It I, already doesn't really make sense, <laughs> but we will keep it, even if like even if the Big Ten doesn't change its name, like even if all of the like. Even if, say, like nine Pac-12 teams go to the Big Ten, three remain in the Mountain West, we're still going to cover those 12 teams. Why? Because it's stupid, and that's what we do. You know, I've thought about this. Like, so essentially— I just made a solemn promise, so now uh, we yeah, can't back I, off of it. The, Ryan was—was was was Ryan, the emailer, was Ryan, the, the host, the co-host, consulted in Dave's decision. No, he was not. Uh, but I like it. I'll go with it. But I've literally thought about this because say we had a Big 12 podcast. Like, what the, what? Like, and like you covered Oklahoma and I covered Texas or something. Like, well, that, that probably wouldn't work. But if like I was at Oklahoma State and you were at Texas Tech, we're going to still do one, but we would be doing a podcast every week thinking, is this like uh, in The Princess Bride when the, you know, he, the guy's on the, the Dread Pirates Robert ship? He's like, it's, you know, good morning. I'm going to kill you today. You know, every day you think like we're going to die. Like the, the podcast is going to be over. The Big Twelve is going to cease to exist. Um, yeah, that's what it would be like. And if the Big Ten comes and poaches a bunch of the teams, will the Pac-12, you know, cease to exist? But I will promise too. Like if USC, if there's Pac-12 gets poached, it's, it becomes a terrible conference, and like USC is not involved, I'll still do this and to cover the Pac-12. Yeah, and USC because they're still spiritually. A member of yeah. the Pac-12. No, but I mean, if they if the if USC stays or goes, I will still continue to do this. Yeah, obviously. Same thing. If UCLA yeah. stays or goes, of course. Okay. Um, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. That show. was a quick one. Do the next one. <laughs> You've this, read two like one line emails. This is from Casey <laughs> from Tacoma. Pac-12 Media Day. Oh, he sounds as excited as you. Yeah. Hello, Ryan and Dave. Salutations from Washington. So in a non-sarcastic way, let me congratulate Ryan on having Clay Helton as a coach and Dave, late career Chip Kelly, as a coach. From what I can tell, these two individuals don't seem to be getting vaccine information from Q messages they are receiving from their toaster. <laughs> Unfortunately for myself, I have Coach Rolovich, a man whose team last year missed several games and players for games due to COVID and who now wants to ride the old crazy train to death or possibly killing other people. Below our tweet and initial statement from the Washington State President's Office, so since you guys honestly do some great admin analysis of the college sports sphere, is this nothing or signs that if things don't change, we are booting Rolo, which I am more than okay with after this and the ostracizing of students with the players' movement last year. Also, I hope that this doesn't mean that the college students who did go to Media Day have to answer questions on this idiocy. I never thought a piece of information could make me go, huh, maybe Paul Wolf wasn't so bad. Thanks and go vaccinated coups, Casey <laughs> from Tacoma. And the things he referenced were 
Uh, the tweet was hashtag Washington State expects all students, faculty, staff, and volunteers to be fully vaccinated before the start of the fall semester. And then the statement was, as the state's land grant research institution or university, uh, Washington State has an obligation to serve the public good and promote the health and safety of its communities. The science clearly shows that the COVID-19 vaccine nearly eliminates the chances of death or serious illness related to COVID-19 infection and is a critical element in protecting public health locally and worldwide. Yeah, so we I mean, we talked about this a bit. I didn't listen to the players because uh, I was always trying to I was trying to hear what Rolovich had to say. They were generally pretty positive about Rolovich, um, you know, his caring guy and all that kind of crap. Um, and the fact that seventy five percent of the team is vaccinated, that's good. But would they be in the eighties or whatever if he was vaccinated? You got to lead by example with this yeah. sort of stuff. And the fact that they are probably at the very low end for the Pac twelve is not great. Um, probably because of Rolovich, um, you would have to imagine. Um, I, I, so Casey, my read on this is, uh, the president was obviously not happy with this, not happy having to address it, not happy having to, um, put out a statement. I don't know if it rises to the level of something they're going to fire him for, but I think it's one more thing where he's had now two off field issues related to COVID that are black marks. Um, one with the player last year where he was, um, uh, perhaps not. The best read of the situation is he wasn't perfectly sensitive to the concerns, and the worst read is that it's a continuation of conspiracy brain versus coach brain. Um, I, I don't think he's he's not putting himself in a position. This is what we always talk about: where if you win on the soft stuff, like if you win, if Ch- Chip Kelly came in and was like super gregarious with the fans and the whole thing, no, that doesn't mean you're going to keep your job after five years. But it's the kind of stuff that keeps you there for five years instead of four. Yeah. Um, Rolovich isn't winning on that stuff right now. He was when he first started, like he was doing the like meet and greets at the bars and stuff. And I thought was really doing that nice appealing to people. But like it's 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 a major university like Washington State is a major university. And the thing with major universities is that they're going to be they're going to have rules about the vaccinations. They're going to have logical science based rules. And you can't have somebody who's a major spokesman for your university denigrating that at some level or just not participating in that campaign right um so i think it puts them on thin ice yeah and i think if if they have a couple bad years he's more likely to get fired i think this this, yeah it lost him some goodwill yeah and i think if but i don't think he's going to be fired eminently because of this like you already went through the hard part right you they clearly gave him some notes yeah Uh, and and he was he was reading from a script so but if you were really upset like you wouldn't have gone through this really awkward thing you would have just said okay peace out like you don't do that and then fire him a month from now before the season starts like you wouldn't have gone through the crazy yeah it's tough because they they also have to manage the um the uh they also have to manage the other side of that politics because uh the unfortunate reality is that there are a significant percentage of people who subscribe to the Rolovich style of things. Right. And so just firing the guy out of hand for that would also, you know, True. That would, cause a little bit of a blow up and a dust up. Um, I think what my read on it is it's more the annoyance of having to issue a statement because he made, he made it outspoken. He made it something that he was, you know, uh, I'm going to do this and just say this and, and, uh, you know, it, it, Washington State's statement came out, I don't know, what was it, a few hours later, the president? Um, I don't think they were prepared. Um, right. So yeah. I, I think it was probably just an annoyance for them. Uh, I want to go back and watch the uh, video of Rolovich at Media Day because I feel like 
he might have been blinking like Morse code to some of his, you know, like, yeah, yeah. don't get the vaccine. Right, or something. right. I bet you he did that. Yeah, yeah. I'll go back and look at that. Yeah, and yeah. See. But there was a hidden cue message in there. Yeah. Uh, this is Adrian. His question is Pack 16. Hey, guys, it's Adrian. Haven't emailed a long time. Love listening to your crazy takes on the Pack 12. So I have four scenarios for which do you think makes more sense or which ones do you prefer to actually happen. Okay, so we're going to have um, four scenarios here. A, uh, we stop Texas, Oklahoma from joining the SEC, and they join us with Nebraska and BYU. Okay. Okay, so. Uh, Whatever. Maybe it, still happens. Okay, fine. Fine, fine, fine. It's a scenario. Okay. Uh, to B, whatever, man. He's laying out possibilities. Okay, we go after Nebraska, BYU, Baylor, and TCU. C, we get Boise State, BYU. He loves them, BYU. Baylor and TCU. And then D, merge with the Big Ten, but first Big Ten drops Rutgers in Maryland, adds Notre Dame, Iowa State, and Kansas, and we drop Utah before joining and make the first ever mega conference. Um, D's the obvious answer, but I don't think dropping Utah's uh, part of it. There's all, all of these are sort of like, wait, there's one, at least one part of it doesn't make sense. Sometimes the whole thing doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, I, I think the merging with the Big Ten is the most logical thing yes. um, in the long run. Um, and whether it starts as a scheduling agreement or is an actual integration, I think that's the thing that makes the most sense. And I think if you're, join, you're merging with them, um, I don't think they're going to be dropping two programs and you're only dropping one. Right. You wouldn't be dropping Utah. You know, it would be... Oregon State or Colorado or Washington right. State or something, but I don't. I don't know if you can. Uh, adding Notre Dame, probably nearly impossible. Um, you could get Iowa State and Kansas, like you could get those. So that you that, can get them for like a couple of bucks, I think. Yeah, like a, a bag of Oreos or something. Yeah, yeah. So I do like Oreos. Uh, okay, the first one, it's like way dumb. Okay, first of all, wait, you can't stop. That's mm -hmm. already happening. Texas and Oklahoma from joining the SEC, but Nebraska and BYU. Um, Nebraska, yeah, no yeah, I don't know where this that no just value. seems very random. Um, the other one also has Nebraska, BYU, but also Baylor and TCU. Baylor and TCU are in the next two. Both of those are feasible. Yeah. I mean, you could get them if you were going to let them join. I'm not sure what the infatuation with Nebraska and BYU. And then Boise State is another one. Like C is is more plausible, right? No, it's not. They're not going to take BYU or Boise State. There's no point. Um, but if you were to... I think you could get all those. That's the one that you oh, could yeah, actually Oh, yeah, you can do. get all these for yeah. a few dollars right now. And then he says, one last thing. Did Larry Scott kill the Pac-12? No, it's still here. We're still doing our show. Uh, by not getting Texas and Oklahoma to join back in 2011, not to mention the shitty Pac-12 network. We'll uh, see. I would say uh, George Klyavkov likes the network, likes the content, uh, doesn't like the distribution. I think he talked about that at Pac-12 Media Day. So I, I think that's fair. Um, and I think, I don't know all the details of what was going on, but the Longhorn Network seemed to be the big, uh, sticking point for Larry Scott, you know, retrospect, you add Oklahoma and Texas and, you know, I think Larry Scott was adding those teams, but still with parody on the mind and not, you know, Hey, Texas is the biggest brand. Yeah. They make the most money. We're going to let them do something. And maybe that becomes part of the PAC 12 network or whatever, who knows? But yeah, uh, if, I think Larry Scott would probably still be here if uh, Texas and Oklahoma joined back in 2011. Maybe. Um, or maybe he would have moved on to bigger and better things. NFL yeah. commissioner. Um, all right. So this is a text message. 
It's quoting two tweets uh, from Klievkov talking. Uh, we believe the move by Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC strengthens our position as the only conference with teams in the Pacific and Mountain time zones. We do not believe expansion is required to continue to compete and thrive, but the fallout gives us an opportunity to consider expansion, and we've already had significant inbound interest from many schools. And then the text message says, what weird comments by Klievkov? Looks like we have Larry 2.0. The SEC makes a move with amazing foresight. Then the Pac-12 literally can't make moves that would strengthen their position. So frustrating. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. He's not, I mean. Yeah, I don't think this is Larry Scott 2.0 at all. Um, no, this is just, this is how things are right now. Uh, yeah, and I, I think you have to accentuate your positives at times, not like only do that. Um, there are some positives of being on the West Coast. There's a time slot that other program can't play in. Um, having these two time zones, you're fighting. It's a sport that's, if it had a czar, one of the biggest issues the sport would be facing is we're becoming too regionalized. We're not a national sport anymore. And so, yeah, you need the West Coast. Um, so I, I don't have an issue with what uh, he was saying there. I, I think that's going a little too far to say it's Larry 2.0. Yep, agreed. Uh, okay, thanks for the text. Um, I think we got two more. This is Frank in Sacramento. Moneyball. Texas and Oklahoma are choosing the SEC TV contract money over future football playoff appearances under the new playoff format either texas or oklahoma would have likely made regular annual appearances in the tournament by remaining in the weaker big 12 both schools are certainly guaranteed are, are certainly guaranteed additional losses every season in the stronger sec this will eliminate texas and oklahoma from playoff consideration since they will likely not win the sec championship game nor garner a high final ranking frank and sacramento yeah, I mean, it certainly makes it less likely that Oklahoma is going to be a perennial playoff contender, um, if, particularly if expansion takes a while. Um, if it's still four teams for the you know a while, then you're going to be, yeah. I mean, I, I don't see either of those two teams making the playoff out of the SEC. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be tricky. Um, I, I think for those programs, they're making a decision entirely based on money um, and. Uh, that's an element that I don't know that people are considering strongly enough. What if there's like a fan revolt? Like, you like know, we saw in the, the uh, Premier League thing. Yeah, like Oklahoma thing. just being like, I, I don't want to watch a seven and five Oklahoma. Um, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I wonder if that ends up being because, I mean, I don't watch college football to uh, count how much money the program I'm following is making. Um, that's not why people are watching uh, college football. The reason like Texas has like somewhat declining fan interest and people they aren't they aren't selling out every single home game is because they've been bad for a while. Um and that's not going to change in the SEC. It's going to get worse. Yeah. So uh, it's just uh you know it's it's the greed um on the part of these universities for sure, but also I think they're losing sight of the fact that they actually have to put out a product that people are going to want to um pay money to watch. And if it's just, oh, yeah, Texas might go 7-5 and five this year, and that'll be a real win because they've got a tough schedule in the SEC, well, what the hell is that? Yeah. That's not something people are getting excited about. I, I think th there's there's two subsets of people, um, and I think there's an overlap, but there are two different subsets. It's the people who are college football fans and the people who are NFL fans. This is more than the NIL stuff, more than paying the players. This is the professionalization of college football Yeah, in that it's making it a product where, you know, as long as you don't have double digit losses, you're doing okay. You know, like as long as you're, you know, going 500 or above, you're doing okay. That's not what people sign up for watching college football for. 
Yeah. When they want to, they 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 follow Texas for every three seasons having a dominant year. They follow Oklahoma for every other season having a truly dominant year. You're not going to see that in the SEC. And I wonder how much that is going to um, impact fan enjoyment, impact fan involvement, and impact the actual dollars and cents of um, what actually runs the university. Yeah. I think the other aspect of this, too, Frank, is you know, no offense, but just it feels so, somewhat like a defeatist, defeatist attitude a little bit. Like these, are a, like these are the A players, right? You're A personality. You're, a, you're an alpha. You feel like you can conquer the world. If you're Oklahoma, you're not going in and going, yeah, we're probably never going to make the playoff again. Like you're thinking like, hey, you know, we're going to compete in the SEC and we're going to win games. You know, Texas the same way. I think if you go into it, well, you know, it'll be easier if I do this. Like some people do that. A lot of people do that. But if you're like, you know, Bill Gates would never have done that. He's like, yeah, I don't really want to compete in this space. I just do you, can't. Do you want to know how many times uh, Texas has won 10 games or more in the last uh, 12 years? Um, one time. One time. Say one. Yeah, that's in the Big 12. Someone had you, know a, what's, you know what's, it's not, it's not defeatist. It's, it's reality. Right. They're not but going Oklahoma to win the SEC. is different. Oklahoma you know? is different. Um, how I, many? Oh, so Oklahoma's been to how many playoffs? And how many of those have they won? They've got to have won like a title in that time, right? They have not won any titles, but oh, they're making weird, the playoff. Yeah, weird. Is it because they keep getting just shelled by some team uh, at some point in the <laughs> yeah. playoff? I think um, I think it was shot. We were doing our show yesterday. I think Shotgun pointed out, like in the last twenty years or something like that, like Nebraska has as many Big Twelve titles as Texas. Like something, and they haven't been in the, the league for twelve years or something like yeah. that. Um, so yeah, they're, I get it. But some of it's too is you, you have that brand because you have some swagger. You you do think that you're even if you're not, you think you are. You're the guy at the bar that's not that good looking and kind of out of shape, and you're still going to talk to the best looking person there because you just think that you're a stud. And yeah, it's delusional. It's delusional. You get shut down. But if you're you know if you are you know Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates or whatever, you you're you're not thinking about the easier path. You're thinking about I'm going to conquer the world. You know and if they can go to the SEC and win, they're going to be conquering the world. So I think that's what the attitude is. Now, I, I agree with you. They're they're not gonna. They're not going to. They're gonna. They're, Oklahoma could. Uh, Oklahoma will be fine. Uh, Texas isn't going to. They're going to be not great. Um, yeah. And I think the fans are going to get pissed off. I think they might. That's it. It'll um, be interesting to watch. All right. This is from Matt. Uh, Longhorns and Trojans equal failing up. Ryan and Dave, it can be argued and has been on several occasions that the primary reason the Pac-12 is viewed so poorly is because USC can't stop stepping on its own private parts. I feel like the same could be said of the Big 12 in Texas. Had the Longhorns simply hired good coaches and coached up the superior talent that falls into their laps annually, maybe they could actually beat TCU and Iowa State with regularity and get into the CFP every few years. Under that scenario, Texas performing to expectations, maybe the Horns are content to stay in the Big 12. Could something similar happen with USC's incompetence mortally wounding the Pac-12? Perhaps the best course of action for the Pac-12's lesser brands, Wazoo, OSU, ASU, etc., is to covertly throw games against the Trojans in an effort to prevent them from from failing up into the Big Ten. What say you, POC peeps? Eternally grateful for your mediocrity, Matt. You know, um, I think I I had Bill Plaschke on my show, and and I asked him, like, should USC look at going independent? And he was like, yeah, they've outgrown. The-. And I got so much flack from people. Same thing, like they've won one conference title in the last 10 years. And Matt, I think you know this from what's going on now. Like that doesn't matter. Like Texas makes the most money of any college football program. It matters 
it just doesn't matter for money. Um, right. It, it, it matters. Like, it matters that USC... Because if USC went into the SEC tomorrow, yeah. right? USC would be a middle-of-the-pack SEC team. 100%. And the fans would be livid. They would be mad. Yeah. They would be sending letters to the AD, why the hell did you do this every single day? But it it's, would force USC to, like take the program seriously and hire real coaches and do all that kind of stuff because now you have more money and you you can't just okay, your but, your floor but, isn't super high anymore cuz you're the the alpha but in we've, your we've conference. Talked, I think USC and Texas are somewhat similar in a lot of respects. It's not just the coach, it's the institutional problems. Because with Texas, they went out and hired Tom Herman. He was the hottest name on yeah, the market. True. Yeah. Um and he didn't I don't think he fell flat on his face, but he didn't do particularly well there. Um, and I think a lot of it is there's just issues with that program. There's not a ton of patience. There's a whole lot of other issues with like the boosters involved. USC has it to an extent too, and they're starting to clear it out a little bit. But it's uh, these things. Uh, they're they're ongoing issues. USC has not made a habit of hiring great elite coaches right. ever. So are and, they going to suddenly great people like yeah. great leaders at, throughout the you know right. hierarchy of the university? Yeah. Right. And so is it going to suddenly change just because they're making whatever? 15 more million dollars a year from their TV contract or whatever it ends up being. Yeah. Um, and so that's the piece where it's like, it, it does actually matter the quality of the program you have that you're going into this with, because that's what draws people to the games. Um, is it better to go? Uh, is it better to be Cincinnati um, in the AAC or whatever the hell they're in? Uh, we're yeah. going 13 and zero or whatever, or is it better to be Oregon state? Yeah. Um, and or is it better to be Cincinnati or is it better to be uh, what's a middle of the pack SEC like a, oh, Mississippi oh. State? Yeah, um, no, that's true. And I, I from a money standpoint, no, it's better to be Mississippi State. But from like a fan enjoyment um, building building, because these things are also vehicles for the university. Um, when you've got a good football team, it's like a proven thing. It drives enrollment. It drives applications. It drives a lot of that stuff. Um this is going to have ramifications that I don't know if they're like necessarily gaming out that well. True. Um, I, I guess the point would be when I got a lot of flack from people like Oregon's the one that won all the, the, the conference championships and stuff. And like when it comes to like a brand, it doesn't matter. Like that stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that Texas hasn't won forever. It doesn't matter that USC hasn't won. Uh, Pete Thamel was talking about this. Uh, about going independent because when Texas and Oklahoma they announced that they were going to leave, we weren't sure. I mean, you knew it was going to be the SEC, but you weren't sure. Like he said, could either program go independent? That Oklahoma just being in Oklahoma, that would be a lot tougher for them to go independent. Texas is a big enough brand that they could. And he said, you could flip a coin between you or something like that between USC and Texas. Both of them are big enough brands that they could go independent. I don't know which one would be more successful, but. More successful than Oklahoma. Oklahoma's been more successful. Those are all blue bloods. Oklahoma's been more successful by far over the last decade. But even he, he doesn't think they would have the power to go independent where a Texas or a USC could. And I, I great, Oklahoma. I mean, uh, Oregon's been better for the last decade. That doesn't mean you're going to be the, the, the first pick in the draft of who's going to take a Pac-12 school is USC and it's not close. Like, it's yeah. just not. So when you're giving me crap about us, I'm like, that's just the reality of it. It's just... USC is more desirable. If they have losing season in the next five years, it wouldn't matter. If Colorado wins the Pac-12 the next five years, they're not going to be the first person the Big Ten calls when they want to add a, a West Coast team. It's still going to be USC. And 
Sorry that sucks, but that's just the reality. It would of it. take so I, it, those kinds of things can change, but it takes can, it yeah. takes years and years and years. So the reason Oregon is talked about as a potential number two now is because of the last fifteen years. Exactly, it's not because of anything they've else. They've worked their way. They've, and they've had a lot of success, but they're still but it's, not. It's the Nike brand. It's all that stuff, and there's like an element of national of national appeal now that makes it a little bit more of a enticing brand. Um, that's an example of the success on the field combined with their own marketing outreach and combined with the Nike stuff that makes something appealing because it's not the market. I mean, Portland, even if you count Portland as their market, that's not a huge media market. Um, but that's why Oregon's talked about this, that, um, if USC was down for, and, and I'm not right now is down for USC, but I'm talking down. Like if USC went Basically, if it had a they had like the five it, and seven season a couple yeah, years if it, ago, if it had a run like Texas has had, where it's been not just um, where you know Texas went five and se- six and seven, five and seven, five and seven, seven and six, um, if they had a run like that, but it lasted even eight nine years, then you could start to talk to me about okay, that brand is starting to erode, right? And this brand is starting to accelerate. Maybe you can start talking to me about it, but um, not now. And not anytime in the near future. Yeah, um, they still got five stars committed when they're bad. You know, yeah, like, and it's just um, you know, it's taken Clay Helton to drive them to the point where they actually had a bad recruiting class, I think, for the first time in history. Yeah. Um, and other than that, though, I mean, that's a it's a sustainable national brand. Um, and so USC is always going to be, or I, I, <laughs> for for any kind of foreseeable future, is going to be the number one brand in the Pac-12 and going to be driving the conversation. I don't know. I don't know necessarily if independence would make sense for USC. Um, I mean, for anyone, we don't know. But yeah. like, if there's anyone that had a shot, it would be like Notre Dame is the Texas. one that we know makes sense. Yeah, and the Notre Dame thing is because there's this quasi-religious element to the fandom that makes it so Catholics uh, across the country, to a certain extent, root for Notre Dame. Um, and even that's probably eroded a little bit, but it has that national brand and national appeal. I don't know if Texas actually does. Yeah. I mean, Texas, I think it's it's very, 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 very strong regional appeal. I think USC has national appeal, but is it as strong and as, um, you know, cultural as Notre Dame? No, yeah, game? it's not. But having that Notre Dame game does make it more of a national, it helps make it more of a national brand. The screwed up thing about this, and I'm not saying this is right, I'm just saying this is what the reality is. You've seen scenarios, right, of the Big 12 got torpedoed, they're, you know, they took their best brands. This is more about what's important for the Lakers. It's LeBron James. It's not Frank Vogel, right? It's the the star player matters in the NBA, not the coach. The same thing we're seeing in college football. Like Texas and Oklahoma mean way more to the Big right. 12 than the Big 12 means to them. All the scenarios where people are talking about, oh, what would the Big 10 grab or what would the ACC grab or, or the SEC or whatever, USC is involved in all of them. There's no, they wouldn't be involved. I've seen a lot of like, well, what if they got the California schools? What if they got, you know, the biggest markets, Washington, USC, uh, Arizona State, and Colorado? Uh, that, there's a lot of scenarios that don't include Oregon or just USC and UCLA, that just the LA schools, you add them. Oregon's been the best program, what, yeah. the last 10 years? And there's a lot it's, of scenarios of pilfering from the Pac-12 that don't include the team that's been the winning. It's media markets. Yeah. I mean, it's so much media markets because the thing is, and people keep like um, a lot of UCLA fans are like got big loser energy with this whole thing, and I'm just like, come on. I mean, the the reality is, the two LA schools are going to be prime pickings, um, yeah. at some level for this. Uh, USC obviously more so, but two LA schools. I mean, LA is the number two media market in the country. They're gonna want 
the two biggest brands in that area um, because that's what it is. It's USC and then it's UCLA. It's not like UCLA is no draw in the city. Right. Um, it's not like it's it's not like it's rice in Houston. Nobody's going to a rice game. Um, <laughs> Uh, so it's those two, I think Oregon makes sense, but it's not a big media market. Um, and Washington makes probably more sense because it is a bigger media market. Um, and ASU keeps, um, falling by the wayside, but they're in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, no, that, that's they, a, that's top they, 11. I want to say media market it comes up a lot. Phoenix is, it's a growing, it's, it's yeah. like, like Austin's growing, like Phoenix is growing Scottsdale, yeah. all that stuff. You know? So I think there's, um, I think some people need to reevaluate it. And also, that's why, even though I, I don't think they're huge in their area, Cal Stanford makes sense um, because SF Bay Area is like top five. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be driven by things that are not necessarily competition on the field. Um, right. And, uh, and the fans are focused on They're focused on, well, we. We beat you last year, or whatever. It's like, yeah, that doesn't. That, it doesn't really. The TV matter. executives don't care. <laughs> yeah, and this is driven by ESPN and TV, and I think if the Big Ten gets involved in expanding right now, it's going to be driven by Fox. Actually, this is a war between Fox, Fox and ESPN. ESPN um, is like, yeah, they've uh, they've amassed a lot of. Uh, <laughs> they've amassed a lot of rights and a lot of power, and yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. I wonder if there's some antitrust thing that could be uh, levied against them. It's, uh, I mean, if, if there's documentation showing that they, you know, actively tried to like, if they actually tried to undermine the big 12 so they could get out of that rights deal, that would be a big, big no, no. Yeah. So I will see. All right. We kind of went off a, a lot on that one. We did. Yeah. I did. You know, I never addressed that. Cause when I interviewed Plasky and, he, and I didn't say it, that's what Plasky said. You know, um, I've always said USC should entertain it just to try to, you know, have more leverage or whatever. But, um, yeah, man, I got a lot of Oregon fans just getting on me about how they, you know, have it won and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, it, that doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. We didn't get uh, any. I got some reaction from Keely, but not really any kind of, you know. Yeah, she gives a thumbs up. She's busy looking at highlights. She's doing, she's doing her job. She's editing. Yeah. She's she's busy. Uh, she's good. She's been She's been good. She's like one of my top 15 hires of all time in the last five years. Yeah, and <laughs> like among the ones that you didn't immediately fire, got to be like top five, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, my buddy. No, Keely's been awesome. The first intern I ever like hired full time. First, you know, we had a lot of interns coming through. How so. many people have you fired? It's a few, yeah. Like, uh, and like that are still working in media to this day. There's some, yeah, uh, or yeah. Being fired by Ryan Abraham—that's a real. You could, it could you could fall like, like Matt was saying, uh, falling up. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. that. I always tease Dan Wykey that I fired him, but I never fired him. He ended up leaving, I think, for the register first. But he's he's Kelly's doing Olympic coverage over there. He's a Lakers beat writer for the LA Times. So, um, you know, I'd have to fix tons of his typos and stuff. But now look at him. He's, you know, he's, yeah. I brought him to LA and now he's like a big guy, you know, big name guy. Yeah. So incredible. I try to do that. I try to do my part. Yeah. Keely, everyone talks about like Keely. Like they're like, when's someone going to hire away? I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. But like, you know. So I try to keep her down. Like I try not yeah, to. Yeah, like, no, but, you gotta, you gotta keep uh, yeah. tackling that ego. You, you, you know that yeah, the yeah. guy that's in an abusive relationship, and he's like, the, you know, his girlfriend's way prettier than him. He's got to tell her she's ugly so she doesn't like, think she can go anywhere else. Like, yeah, that's that's Keely a really great analogy. analogy. Yeah, I, love, I, love, I crushed love the analogy. Yeah, yeah. If it involves like the Holocaust or something, I always come up with. A yeah, yeah, analogies. no, Al Qaeda <laughs> hostage videos. That was really cool earlier. <laughs> 
Anything goes. Yeah, that's true. The people like the personalities, I guess. I don't know. And they're always mad at Dave. They're not usually mad at me. So I must I, be doing they're, something right. They're mad at me with love. They're mad at you quietly. Oh, maybe they just don't say anything. All yeah. right. Well, uh, that's David Woods. I'm Ryan Abraham and Keely. You're off to the side. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Podcast of Champions. Thanks so much for tuning in. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.